today from the Global Lane. Persecuted for their faith, Gaza Christians now endure new suffering, exploding rockets and war. We as, as believers uh, in the West certainly need to be lifting them up because just the realities that they are living in, we're living in prior to and continue to live in today. On the home front, Americans are under a heightened security alert. The idea that they don't want to attack us again like a 9-11, but even bigger, is foolish. They want to attack us. They want to destroy America. War in the Middle East and revival in America. Are these signs of the end times? The conflict that's happening there is indicative of a much larger global battle that's happening, and it is quite literally God versus Satan. When it looks like it's dark, the light shines even brighter. And who was responsible for the missile attack on the Gaza hospital? An examination of the overwhelming evidence. And it's all right here on the Global Lane. More than one million Palestinians have fled the war in Gaza. Now members of Congress are proposing legislation that would prohibit them from entering the United States. A bill proposed in the House would prevent anyone holding a Palestinian passport from coming in. If the legislation advances and exceptions aren't made, this would also affect Christians. There are about 1,000 Christians in Gaza. Here to tell us more about their plight is Open Doors U.S. CEO Ryan Brown. Ryan, most of the Gaza Christians are Roman and Greek Orthodox, but I know up until about 15 years ago there was a small evangelical community of about 200 that worshipped at the uh, Gaza Baptist Church until it was damaged in airstrikes, so all those church leaders left. Are some Baptists still there worshiping? What can you tell us about Christians in Gaza? Yeah, uh, obviously information and reporting is very, very difficult to get, but uh, uh, I do hear reports, yes, that there are quite a few and, and they are in essence sheltering in place in a, in a couple of uh, locations there and, and uh, praying for safety. Well, even without rockets and bombs falling, I know they've suffered living under Hamas and Islam. So. Tell us what it's been like for Christians of all denominations there in Gaza. Uh, you know, the situation in Gaza, uh, you know, it is uh, horrific. Um, you know, we, we are seeing this play out in real time in front of us. Um, and information very, very difficult to, to get. Um, and to be completely honest, it's, uh, you know, for many of the believers there, uh, there are some very uh, real security issues as far as, uh, you know, needing to, to keep somewhat covert as it relates to, to the presence um, that they have in those areas. And so, um, yeah, it's uh, definitely something that we need to continue to be lifting up in, in prayer um, because that, that situation is just unfolding in, in front of our eyes in just horrific fashion. It's really difficult for them. They're they're in a, between a rock and a hard place uh, because if they're too friendly to the Israelis, they're accused by Hamas uh, of being Israeli spies or agents. Uh, if they're too close to Hamas and the Israelis claim they're part of Hamas, so it's really difficult for them. They're they're really in a tough spot, are they not? It absolutely is. Absolutely is, and that's. Uh, where I think that you know we as as believers uh, in the West certainly need to be lifting them up because uh, very very difficult I think for us to to fully comprehend just the realities that they are living in we're living in prior to and continue to live in today um, as those these tensions just continue to escalate and and spin out of control. And Ryan, it isn't only Palestinian Christians, uh, but other persecuted Christians seeking refugee status and asylum in the U.S are also having difficulties getting in. So tell us what Open Doors U.S. Uh, found in your recent study in partnership with World Relief. Persecution has uh, risen uh, exponentially over the last few years. 
Um, there are you know, well over 300 million believers um, around the globe living in, in persecution, and much of that would be identified as extreme persecution. Uh, meanwhile, um, you know, as far as the, the U.S. and its ability or willingness to receive uh, Christian refugees, that those numbers have to continue to decline over recent years. When you take those those two trends uh, and put those side by side, it uh, you know it is a very very difficult situation that many Christians find themselves in around the globe. Well, I'm sure many evangelicals would be shocked by that because here we've seen what five to six million people come across our southern border and be allowed in within the last uh, three years or so. Uh, but Christians that want to come in because they're persecuted, looking for asylum or refugee status or denied? What's going on with that? Why? Yeah, well, I, th I think that unfortunately, the in many cases, the, those conversations have become uh, convoluted. Uh, those uh, conversations on border security versus, uh, you know, those seeking religious persecution. Um, it's one of those, you know, I, I hate to use the expression, but, you know, the baby thrown out with the bathwater uh, but in looking at uh, you know, solutions to you know, issues of, of border security, so many times the solutions uh, have unintended consequences. So what do we do about it? I think there's a, a, a few things that uh, we need to do. One is to be aware. Um, you know, as you mentioned just a few moments ago, you, you think that there are a lot of folks that uh, would be surprised by, by this information. And so uh, that is the, the first step. From there, um, a good first step is always prayer. Um, you know, these, um, Brother Andrew, the, the, the gentleman that, that, you know, founded our ministry years ago by smuggling Bibles behind the Iron Curtain, you know, famously said that, you know, our prayers uh, go to the places that we cannot. And so, um, you know, for, for many of us here in the West, prayer is an appropriate and good first response to what we should be doing and lifting up our, our brothers and sisters around the globe. Uh, beyond that, with that awareness, uh, you know, as you mentioned, there are different types of, of, of uh, house bills and things along those lines. Um, you know, uh, each of those have, have merits that need to be looked at and need to be considered. Uh, you know, certainly encourage people to, um, you know, educate themselves on those, utilize things like the, the closed doors report uh, to to inform themselves and to educate themselves on, on some of these issues, and then to uh, speak and to, to vote their, their conscience accordingly. And you said the first thing is pray. So how should we pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters around the world, and especially right now with those departing from Gaza? Yeah, I think that we, we pray for discernment, we pray for safety, we pray for uh, wisdom for all of those types of folks. Uh, we have um, uh, all those fleeing persecution. We also have uh, resources available uh, through Open Doors, uh, opendoorsus.org, where people can download prayer, uh, daily prayer resources uh, for, um, you know, to lift up the persecuted church around the globe. Uh, this situation is playing out uh, in front of us in real time. Um, and you know this it, it, it is horrific, but we see also situations uh, similarly playing out uh, around the globe uh, any given day uh, where, where uh, Christians are suffering persecution because of their faith in Christ and their decision to follow him at all cost. Okay, Ryan Brown, Open Doors US. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Brace yourself. Concerns are growing over the possibility of a Hamas-like terror incident right here on America's home front. FBI Director Christopher Wray warns of violent extremism and a spike in threats in the wake of Israel's war with Hamas. 
Dale Hurd reports U.S. borders are vulnerable, and data confirms terrorists have already snuck through. Under questioning by FBI agents, New Yorker Ali Karani admitted in 2017 to being a member of something called Unit 910. It's the black ops unit of Hezbollah, controlled by Iran. Karani told agents he was trained to be a suicide bomber and was scouting targets in New York City. He's now in prison. Another Unit 910 member in prison this year, New Jersey resident Alexi alias Alex Saab, had also scouted potential targets around New York City. While the exact number of Hamas and Hezbollah sleeper cells operating within the United States is not known, a comprehensive study by George Washington University last year found the most Hezbollah activity in Michigan, New York, North Carolina, and California. If Americans are wondering if they're safe from the kind of attack Hamas carried out against Israel, terrorism experts say the answer is not encouraging. Former FBI Special Agent Eric Karen. We have over a thousand joint terrorism task force cases going on here in America today relating to Muslim extremists. So far this year, authorities have caught 151 people on the FBI's terrorism watch list trying to illegally enter the U.S. through the southern border. That's 50 times higher than two years ago. Most are coming through Panama's Darien Gap, where journalist Michael Yan says he's seeing three to 5,000 migrants pass through every day on their way to the U.S. I see a lot of Chinese coming through. Most of the people you see coming through are military-age males of any sort, right? I see uh, Afghans coming in by the thousands. I've had people come through that say they're from Gaza. CBN News correspondent Chuck Holton has also reported from the Darien Gap and says he has no doubt dangerous persons are headed for the U.S. border. I interviewed a guy from Afghanistan. Uh, we found many people from Somalia and Yemen. We found people from Syria, uh, Iran. We have seen people coming through. Former agent Karen is especially concerned about America's ports, where Customs and Border Protection is supposed to scan every incoming container for radiation, but physically inspects only 3%. We have 328 ports of entry into America. They all have to be secure, and many of them are soft. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy warned this week that what happened in Israel could happen here. McCarthy said, we should wake up ourselves. We could have the same thing happen next week to us. Our intel is never perfect, and we've got a wide open border. The idea that they don't want to attack us again like a 9-11, but even bigger, is foolish. They want to attack us. They want to destroy America. Dale Hurd joins us with more. Dale, it seems like FBI Director Ray is talking more about hate crimes, incidents against Muslims and Jews here in the U.S. as a result of the Gaza war. So why didn't he come out and warn against terrorists? Well, no one would want to see hate crimes against people simply because of the way they look or, or how they worship. But let's be honest, we... Our immigration policy has been a disaster, and now the country is at risk. I'll never forget, I have a good friend who's from Lebanon who told me that when he was sworn in as an American citizen, they said the Pledge of Allegiance, he could hear Palestinians cursing the United States in Arabic during that ceremony. He could tell by their accent they were from Palestine. 
Okay, to me that kind of encapsulates the kind of policy that we've had, along with a border allowing in just about anyone who really wants to get into this country can get in. Okay, as Eric Karen mentioned, the FBI has 1,000 anti-terror cases right now. So what did he say they're looking for, focusing more on lone wolves or sleeper cells coordinating a terrorist attack? He didn't say, and uh, I can only assume that the FBI knows, uh, or at least thinks they know, who's here. Um, you know, uh, let me just say the Gestapo was very good at ratting spies out of the Third Reich, and the FBI breaks the law in the way it monitors you and I, and they're probably breaking the law in the way they monitor terrorists, and in that case, it's probably a good thing. Well, we don't want people to panic here, but Karen also expressed concern about our ports. So just how vulnerable are they to perhaps a dirty bomb or a biological weapon getting through without detection? They're very vulnerable to a creative mode of attack. Uh, if someone tries to, to uh, simply put a dirty bomb in a container, it probably will be detected be, uh, by uh, these machines that are supposed to scan all the containers coming in. But what if uh, a terrorist group paid off someone in a port? Well, not to mention maybe uh, biological weapons. You wouldn't have any exactly. detection there, would you? Yeah, not that I know of. And the porous southern border, uh, border agents have already caught 150 people on the terror watch list. So you can't help but wonder if they've done that, how many have actually gotten through without being caught? I'm, I'm new to the, the Darien Gap problem. And in talking to Michael Yan and Chuck Holton, I've never heard so much concern about an issue. Uh, th they really feel like this has been undersold in the media, that it is a big, big problem because Central American governments are trying to facilitate more people going through the Darien Gap. And they've just, these guys have never seen anything like it uh, in their careers. And, you know, Lord protect us from our immigration policy. That's all I can say. Dale Hurd, thanks for raising awareness with your insightful reporting. We appreciate you. God bless. Thank you, Gary. Besieged by horrific images of war on smartphones, tablets, and TV screens, many people are growing anxious and worried about the potential of a broader Middle East war beyond Gaza. Pastor Mike Signorelli is lead pastor of V1 Church, an executive producer of the new film, The Domino Revival. Pastor Mike, it's good to have you with us. So I want to talk about The Domino Revival in a minute. But first, you were supposed to have this tour of Israel. It was short-circuited by the war. So what is your sense now of the spiritual condition of the people there in face of this war in Gaza? Here's the reality of it. We know that as Christians, we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, and rulers in high places. And so what that means is that if we're engaged in a spiritual battle, we must also stand with Israel. And if you stand with Israel, you stand with God, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. But then also the implication is that we're fighting these networks of uh, demonic entities that are working together and it might materialize through human beings, but we know that there's a spirit behind it. Matter of fact, I'm here in New York City where just last week our mayor made an announcement that we should be vigilant 
uh, for lone wolf situations and, you know, people who are sympathizing with the Palestinian side. And I did a video actually from my New York City neighborhood that went viral, basically telling people that this is a spiritual battle we're in. And so there's huge implications for us all around the world, because again, we're, we, we can look in the Middle East and see the conflict there, but the conflict that's happening there is indicative of a much larger global battle that's happening. And it is quite literally God versus Satan. And, and we're seeing it right here in the United States. You mentioned New York City. Uh, people are struggling to beat back inflation around the country just to pay their bills and rising crime, homelessness in New York, other big cities. So you're focused on the positive, though. Tell me what you see God doing, not only in New York, but nationwide. Well... I mean, I believe that we are in the last days, and these are birthing pangs. No one knows the day or the hour. And for as scary as it is to hear your wife screaming as she's in delivery, uh, actually, that is a sign of good news that there that a baby is being born. And so, in the same way, when I look at this this time that we're in right now, what I, what I hear is birthing pangs, and and the earth is groaning, it's travailing because uh, we are bringing about a new day. When it looks like it's dark, the light shines even brighter. Well, tell me then, you have this new film, Domino Revival. Tell us about it and why Domino? I'm in New York City and it's New York City's very challenging place to be a pastor to say the least. And we actually hit fastest growing church in America category for the last five years in a row. Uh, as of right now, according to outreach, we're number 27 out of 13,000 churches in America for fastest growing church. And people have said, that's impossible, that's crazy, how are you doing that? And we are just unapologetically preaching the gospel and then making disciples that make disciples, which is a domino effect. And so it, it actually, you know, there's no paid actors, this is a documentary, and, and America is going to see the footage for themselves of medically verifiable miracles happening in parks, um, you know, and all these things happening. And, and I'm just simply going to let America draw their own conclusion, taste and see that he's good. You know, I don't think that this is a perfect movie by any means, but um, when we did the red carpet premiere in Midtown Manhattan, I had 350 leaders from all across America from different denominations. And when the Southern Baptist Convention leaders came up to me visibly shaking, saying, we'll do whatever we can to help get this movie out, then the Methodists, it was just insane to see the response. And so I do believe that the Holy Spirit is going to use this film. But here's the thing. We have to vote with our wallet. And that's the only metric that Hollywood understands. Uh, we're not paying for revival. Christ already paid for all of this in full by dying on the cross and resurrecting three days later. Um, but we do need to show up. And so I'm, I'm asking everybody to pre-order your ticket because that shows them. We want more films like this, like Jesus Revolution, you know, like like the movies that we've been seeing. We, we need to show up in droves. And so they can go to fathomevents.com. And when you go to fathomevents.com, search your zip code and find your local theater. And then lastly, I'm asking that every believer join me because immediately following the film, I'm going to be doing a simulcast live stream. And I've been given this opportunity to conduct a service where we're gonna do the things that we see in the movie following the movie. And so many of you have friends and family members that quite frankly won't go to church with you, but they still will go to the movie. So buy them tickets. They're not gonna buy tickets to this movie, but buy them the tickets. $12 is worth their soul. You know, whatever that ticket costs, it's worth eternity. Get them in the theater 
And when they see this footage, I believe that God's gonna minister to them. And then when the live stream comes up, you're gonna be praying with your own family members, your own coworkers. And I believe that uh, you're gonna leave that place with, with your life being changed and their life being changed. Okay, we'll be praying. God bless your efforts. Pastor Mike Signorelli, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. If you've yet to see it, I wanted to give you the opportunity to see and hear video and audio evidence of the horrific hospital missile attack in Gaza. Elected officials like Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib and media like Al Jazeera were quick to inform you that the Israelis did this and killed 500 innocent people, including children. They reacted too quickly and emotionally before the evidence was presented. First, this was a dreadful tragedy. Our hearts and prayers are with the families of the victims. But here is what Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib posted on X. Israel just bombed the Baptist hospital, killing 500 Palestinian doctors, children, patients, just like that. And Al Jazeera said, an Israeli air raid has hit the El Ali Arab Hospital in Gaza City, where thousands of civilians were seeking medical treatment, at least 500 killed in Israeli air attack. Now, the video evidence released by the IDF, it's clear that it was a failed Islamic Jihad rocket intended for Israel that fell on the hospital. And Hamas knows it came from the Islamic Jihad terrorists. The IDF released a monitored conversation between Hamas operatives discussing the Islamic Jihad failed rocket launch. <laughs> And GEO confirmed a global locating platform concluded the missile was launched from Gaza. Folks, Israel would never intentionally target a civilian hospital, and they drop leaflets warning people to evacuate before they strike occupied buildings. But many people worldwide will only hear the propaganda shout, Israel is responsible, drawing attention away from what precipitated this war in the first place, Hamas terrorists killing innocent Israeli babies and kidnapping concertgoers. You and I know the truth. So keep praying the war will end and for the Prince of Peace, Jesus, to be invited in and pour out his spirit on Gaza. Well, that's it today from the Global Lane. Be sure to follow us on the CBN News and NRB channels, YouTube, iTunes, and Rumble. And until next time, be blessed.